You are Locked On Cardinals, your daily St. Louis Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where today is Thursday, May the 6th of 2021. I am the St. Louis Cardinals mega fan and your host for the show, Lucas Smith. Thanks for tuning in today. Today is brought to you by Locker Room. We'll be telling you about that coming up here at the first ad break in just a little while. Happy Thursday, everybody. I want to start off with an apology. Um, second time this has happened, so I do apologize. I was not able to get an episode out yesterday. Uh, I was hoping to do a post-game episode. I, I got finished umpiring, and I was able to catch the second half of the uh, second game yesterday. Um, since then, the, since early this morning and everything, I've been able to watch replays and read up and see what happened and in both games, but I was was hoping to do that a little bit last night after I got back from umpiring, but um, my games went long, and I was um, unable to, to get an episode out yesterday by the time I um, you know, caught the second half uh, of the game, like I said, on the radio, and part on radio, part on TV, um, but yeah, I just wasn't able to get that done, so I do apologize for that, but I'll be looking forward to continuing to get episodes out Monday to Friday of this week, as well as hop on locker room here once. Uh, before this week is over as well. So be on the lookout for that. And uh, just another kind of a housekeeping note, if you will. We're still working. The Lockdown Network is working, trying to get the problem solved with Apple. Uh, Apple isn't posting episodes properly. Um, we don't know if it's a technical issue or, or whatnot. And um, I use Apple Podcasts on my phone, on the app, and that seems to work well. Um, but if you don't want to get the app or don't have the app, or you just use website, that's fine. But it uh, might be a delay or not, not even show up for a while. So I would recommend going to Spotify, Google. Uh, the Odyssey app is a great spot as well, one of our sponsors. Um, or uh, Google, like I said, Stitcher is also one that, that I know that people use. So uh, plenty of other great Great options out there for for your podcasting needs if Apple um, continues to malfunction. But let's go ahead and get into some baseball. We got a couple of games to talk about. We Cardinals played two yesterday. For those of you who are unaware, uh, the Cardinals winning the first one with a couple of Paul homers and then dropping the second one after Johan Oviedo was unable to keep the ball in the park, um, giving up a handful of home runs here. And he didn't pitch terrible; just was unable to keep the ball in the park. but there's a story about this on MB.com, so you can read more into it if you want. But there was a pretty weird, bizarre fourth inning um, in that first game yesterday that that um, excuse me that, that she'll call a pretty wacky inning. Uh, as we go to to the the top of the fourth, you'll go back in a little bit. The top of the fourth, we had um, leadoff walk, a uh, single. Um, a mound visit, a walk, and then we had a delay um, for to see if there was an actual mound visit. And then a little bit later in the game, um, Nolan Arenado almost made an error, but ended up kicking the third base bag that caused room for uh, a replay that had to be reviewed. Kisner took one to a sensitive area, as Zachary Silva puts it, but to a, to a no-no area <laughs> for us men. Um, that did not feel good, so he had a little bit of a delay. It was like you know, Schilt put it the best way he probably could as as wacky. It was bizarre. It was weird. Cardinals were able to to get through it and and move on from there. And Kim was able to get out of it. And according to Zach Silver at MLB.com, Kim's four inning outing uh, broke a streak of um uh excuse me of, of twelve or sixteen consecutive days um, of Cardinals starters uh, going. 
16 consecutive starts. Excuse me, 16 consecutive starts by Cardinals starters to go at least five innings. Um, so first time in, in over two weeks that happens. So you know, not not terrible. Kim just just has some of these starts where it's hard for him to get consecutive outs, um, one after the other. So he was unable to complete five. He 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 walked three in his first four innings, which isn't great. But because it was a seven inning game. Cardinals bullpen was able to make it stick with just three scoreless, with Helsley, Gallegos, and Reyes um, all pitching extremely well. Reyes is up to 14 and a third innings pitched without allowing a run. He's been nothing but dominant this year. <laughs> yes, it's been kind of chaotic at times, but it was really fun to see. Uh, always fun to see Alex Reyes pitch, especially when he does it uh, nice and easy and not <laughs> giving up any uh no, no drama in that ninth inning, I should or seventh inning, I should say. Uh, and then obviously Gallegos and Helsley both pitching well. Helsley's calmed down after kind of his rocky start to the year. But um, yeah, so so pitching-wise, it, it was what it was. I mean, it was it's only a seven-inning game, so it's kind of hard to judge too much. Uh, I, I'm not a fan, just to go on record, I'm not a fan of the seven-inning doubleheader rule. I was okay with it last year. I had zero problems with it last year. I, I understood it last year. Shortened season, but you had... Um, and you had limited room for rain delays. You, um, so you had to get them in. You had pitchers that might not have been prepped fully after a long delay between spring training and summer camp. So, so you needed it. I understand that. To me, you don't need it anymore. And I, you know, for me, you know, I, I go back and forth on whether I'm a tradi- traditionalist or not because I don't like that rule. Um, but I, I, I do understand the need for a DH in the National League. Um, I don't. I don't love it, but I understand the need for it. Um, so I go back and forth on whether or not I'm a pure traditionalist. But I will say, like I said, I do not like the seven inning rule. I do not like the runner on second base to start an extra inning. And, you know, we saw a rule yesterday that just John Means threw a no hitter that might have been a perfect game had it not been for the drop third strike rule. I know a lot of people now are advocating for the drop third strike rule to be. Uh, to be dropped, <laughs> if you will, but um, ne- nevertheless, not a huge fan of seven innings. Um, but Cardinals were able to get a win in seven in the first one, thanks in large part to the two Pauls, as Goldschmidt and Arenado both homer. Um, Arenado or Goldschmidt was an absolute rocket, 110 miles an hour off the bat, and then Paulie D scores. Paul D scores Nolan Arenado in the fifth inning when he hits a. Uh, a hanging slider right at the knees. That was an absolute moonshot as well. Or not a moonshot, but an absolute bomb as well. Um, Pauly D tends to not... Um, that doesn't hit many cheap ones. I'll, I'll put it that way. Paul, when Paul DeYoung hits them, he, they tend to go a long way. And I mean, he just continued a streak yesterday. He continued the, the narrative of absolutely murdering the New York Mets. Paul DeYoung has had a history of this, of, of killing... New York Mets pitching, and, and here, are, here are the numbers that he's had against the New York Mets in his career. And they're pretty, uh, you know, it, it's only 23 games, so, you know, it's not like it's over the course of a whole year. But 23 games, hitting 362, 390 on base percentage, 798 slugging. He's got 10 homers and 194 at-bats, driven in 17, 11 doubles to go along there with it. Total OPS plus of 199. And he just doesn't seem to really take any series off against the Mets. Those are by far his best numbers against any team that he's played more than three times. So Paul DeYoung continuing that streak, and that, that that streak. And I'll tell you what: if both Pauls start hitting, that's I mean, obviously, when anybody in the lineup can, starts hitting consistently, that that's big time, right? But I think that if Paul DeYoung can show us for more than a day, for more than a week, for more than two weeks, heck, even 
a month I would take, but more than a month of consistent hitting and hitting the ball hard and getting hits, getting on base, driving in runs, etc., etc., positive baseball lingo, then that's then that, that's a huge thing for DeYoung because we we know it's there, right? And for a lot of these guys, it's consistency. Uh, O'Neill seems to be more consistent, or more consistent than he has in years past, and things like that. But I really, it was more key last year if the two Pauls got going. I don't think DeYoung is as necessary to be on fire as he was last year, but at the same time, he's hitting fifth in your lineup right now with Yadier Molina out. So you need your fifth place hitter to hit, right? So it's a combination, it's a balance, everything's a balance, um, must be perfectly balanced. Um, little, little Thanos reference there, but uh, that didn't really land. Anyways, uh, I'm not going to edit out because I want you guys to hear my mistakes. So we will continue to truck along. So I think that if Paul DeYoung is able to hit, that's huge, especially while he's hitting fifth. If Molina comes back and he's able to still produce, you can slide DeYoung down a slot, then that's, you know, you, there's not as much pressure on DeYoung. I think there's a lot more pressure on him last year to perform. But at the same time, he does need to perform this year if he wants to stay because the Cardinals are going to have some money to spend and they're going to have some pretty fun options to spend it on when you're looking at the shortstop crop getting into the offseason um, of free agency. So, the game one, Cardinals win 4-1. Uh, a nice solid win beating Marcus Stroman. He's a good, he's a good guy, good pitcher. Um, so... They are unable to beat the bullpen in Game 2, sadly. Um, and I'll be talking about the, the Game 2 loss here coming up in just a moment. As I mentioned at the top, this episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Locker Room is the first social audio platform made for sports fans like you. The app is free to download, and once you're in, you can talk with me, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time about your favorite team or sport. I'll be hosting rooms for the Locked On Cardinals once a week. And yes, you can finally join in on the conversation that you listen to here every day. Perfect place to start or join a conversation about the league. Be sure to join me this week. I'll be hosting a locker room, like I said, either tomorrow or Saturday. Be sure to tune in to my Twitter for that. And there will be fans just like you all around. Download the free locker room app. Now currently available on iOS devices, beta version on Android. Be sure to create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the MLB group for the latest league updates. Follow me at LJ Fastball to be notified when my room goes live. I know you won't want to miss it. Can't wait to hear everybody's thoughts on the Cardinals. You'll be sure to see you there. Locker Room, changing the way we talk sports. RockAuto.com is a unique and remarkable service providing online service to customers for nearly 20 years. Head over to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand specifications and prices that you prefer. Those prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low, and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Be sure to write Locked On in their How'd You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com Colonel's fall game two wasn't really that close. Seven to two, the final there, as Oviedo gets tagged with the loss. Two subpar starts for Johan after a really good first appearance against the Milwaukee Brewers a handful of weeks ago. Um, and the Cardinals just weren't able to get anything against um, the Mets bullpen, mainly Yamamoto, who the only earned run he gave up was after he had left the game on a Dylan Carlson uh, two out RBI base, knocked the other way, hitting right handed. 
continues to hit right-handed, which is which is pretty solid for him. Uh, but you know, oh, you know, you know, he didn't walk anybody. That's a plus. Only struck out two. Usually, when he pitches well, he tends to strike out more guys than just that. Gave up two homers and really made three bad pitches to allow for the the runs to come across. And you know, he's he's got to keep the ball in the park. There's just no ifs, ands, or buts about that. And after him, Tyler Webb came in and gave up two runs behind him. I mean, runs runners reached, and then Ellis gave them up on hits, but. Elledge was able to not give up any earned runs of his own. Flores Jr., who I never heard of before, gave up um, a run without recording an out. And then Cody Whitley with a clean seventh inning, um, or at least three consecutive outs, I should say, um, for, for Cody Whitley with a strikeout involved in there. So, you know, pitching, that, these days are going to happen. Um, I think Johan Oviedo still needs to figure out what's going to make him consistent. How is he going to continue to attack the zone, but attack it well? Uh, not just throw hittable strikes, but throw strikes, after, uh, quality strikes, as they say in the business there. But really, to me, the big problem was the offense uh, in this one. And it, it, you know, the Cardinals had 11 hits. So you normally, when you have 11 hits, especially in just seven innings, but when you have 11 hits, you're expected to win the game. We saw Edmund with a, with two hits for him. We saw a hit from the two through five spots in the lineup. And Carpenter, Goldie, Arnado, DeYoung. We saw a hit each from Bader and Sanchez. Oviedo even got a hit. And like I said, Carlson, Justin Williams also with a hit and an RBI there. But again, big big problem. What was the offense in terms of going three for twelve with runners in scoring position and leaving nine runners or excuse me, leaving ten runners on base? The the one the run they were able to get in the fourth was manufactured thanks to a stolen base by O'Neill, a productive out by Bader, so not all those twelve outs or, or nine outs were made equal because the out Bader made with a runner scoring position was productive. Hitting the ground ball the other way, uh, but nevertheless it, it wasn't out. And then Carlson able to get a base knock after Ali Sanchez was retired uh, in the, in that fourth inning. So that was you know good small ball baseball there, manufacturing a run after O'Neill was able to reach base. Um, on a walk, so that that was good. That was good situational hitting. That was a good example of solid situational hitting, and also for Carlson, um, it, it, a good situational going the other way. But good for him to come back after the the right shin contusion, I think is what they were calling it. Foul the ball off, so it'll be interesting to see if he's in the lineup today. Uh, we're talking about today's game uh, a little bit in segment number three, but you're not going to win many games when you go three for twelve with runners in scoring position, and when especially when you leave ten runners on base. Um, Especially also when you get thrown out at home. Um, uh, Kevin Pillar had a nice strike there. Um, you know, it was what it was. You know, I, I think that th- this was just a tough loss, and Cardinals still sit at 18 and 13 heading into play today. And bottom line, the offense just has to be better. Uh, the offense can't have the, these three for 12 days uh, from the offensive side of things with runners in scoring position. And I think the Cardinals just fell flat. They were not able to get anything going against the bullpen. Yamamoto was the longest outing in game two yesterday, going two and two-thirds innings. Uh, but other than that, you had Castro be the opener. Loop recorded it out. Trevor May, Gesellman, and then Jerry's Familia closed things out in the ninth. So credit to New York's bullpen. They were able to get the job done. They were able to shut down the Cardinal offense, which at times isn't always the easiest thing to do. But nevertheless, they, they did shut it down. The Cardinals fall. But because everybody... Or because the Brewers, I should say, lost. Uh, the Cardinals currently sit in first place all by themselves in the National League Central Division as the Cardinals sit at 18 and 13, Brewers at 17 and 14, Cubs under 500 at 15 and 16, Reds at 14 and 15, and the Pittsburgh Pirates are at 13 and 17. I think that the, this is going to be about where the things stand 
at the end of the year. I think the Reds, however, I do think the Reds will end up surpassing Chicago and Cincinnati gets to the third place in the division. And, you know, we'll see what happens when the Cardinals and Brewers meet up again. They haven't met up since the first week or second week of April, second week of the season as well, whenever the they played the um, Cardinals in their home home opening series. So we'll see what, what that brings. But um, enjoy first place. You know, I think that is something to, to rejoice and be happy in and and be solid. And so the only other thing I want to talk about in game two was the fire, 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 um, all white catcher's gear by Ali Sanchez. That looked really, really sharp. And I was just, uh, I thought that was pretty solid stuff there. So I just wanted to mention that before we get out of segment two and head into segment three. First pitch today at 1215, um, John Gant versus Taiwan Walker. I'll talk about that matchup here in just a moment. Have you guys heard of Sports Trade? It's where fantasy sports meet the stock market. Sports Trade takes fantasy to the next level. It's a platform that allows you to buy and sell shares in your favorite players, just like real stocks. A fair and exciting way to cash in on your knowledge of sports, and they just added baseball to the platform, so be sure to check it out today. Making money with Sports Trade is simple as player values rise and fall based on two factors. One, their statistical performance in each game as compared to their projected fantasy points in that game. The more points scored, the higher the value goes. Two, good old supply and demand. The more demand a player has, the higher their value goes. When you're ready to buy shares, pick that penny stock in a rookie with huge upside or grab that blue chip vet who's always a solid performer. Instantly buy and sell as many shares and as many players as you'd like, just like the stock market. Then watch your players battle on your portfolio value rise. Simply go to sportstrade.com, check out the How It Works video, and then sign up today to get started. Sign up today at sportstrade.com and discover the fun, exciting, and profitable new world of sports trading. This is truly the evolution of fantasy sports. Don't sit on the sidelines any longer. Get in the game at sportstrade.com. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball is in full swing, and you can track all the action at betonline.ag. Get all the latest news, odds, and infos for your sporting needs with MLB. But in addition to that, you can also check out NBA, NHL, and all your UFC, MMA action. Before next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. This is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for the mid part of the season run, and they flip for the playoffs in the NHL and NBA. Promo code for a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit is locked on. Again, L-O-C-K-E-D gets you a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. So you deposit 100 bucks. Enter the promo code, you get 50 extra bucks. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. As I mentioned, John Gant getting the ball today. Looking to build off yet another strong start for the right-hander. Uh, he, he he didn't, you know, I, I guess, um, a strong start in terms of not a lot of earned runs. He did walk five, I guess, as I look at the remember to look at the game log there. So want to make sure he keeps the walk down. And John Gant has been effective this year. I was going to say efficient, but he's been effective this year in terms of not, you know, he's got a 2-1-6 ERA, 20 strikeouts on the year. Um got two wins in his last two decisions, but hasn't really been able to, to be the long man. And again, if he's going to be a five starter, then five innings on the regular is going to be okay. But I think he could have the capability to go longer than five innings. Because, uh, you know, when you look at his game logs in April, this will be his first start in May. He went four innings, then five, five, six, five. That's solid stuff for, like I said, four, four or five man, fifth man in your rotation. 
especially when you're going four or four innings, no earned runs. Five and three isn't terrible. Uh, five innings, two earned runs, and then six shutout innings, and then five innings with one earned run. So I'm not trying to nitpick here by any stretch of the imagination, but you know I'd like to see Gant go six, seven innings if he can, simply because I think he has the capability of doing so. And we'll see if he can get the Cardinals starters back on track in terms of get the streak going again of the consecutive starts in a row with five or more innings from your starter. Like I said on the first second, uh, KK Kim was unable to complete or unable to continue that stretch, I should say. But nevertheless, John Gant should, I think he, he has the capability of, of being a, a guy that, that is more than capable of going against, um, or of going longer, I'm sorry, than, than five innings. Um, he, 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 has, he has shown that he has the ability to get out, and I, I think he has the ability to get a lot of outs consecutively. When you're looking at the Cardinals starter opponent today, again, according to MLB.com, it's Taiwan Walker. Um, this will, He's 1-1 with a 3 area. According to MLB.com, says that he lost control through his April 13th outing against the Phillies, walking a dozen batter over a 12-inning stretch that began that night. Um, but last time out, he just had one walk in six innings. So I think the winner of today's game... Uh, will be whichever pitcher throws less walks. Uh, I think they're at least who, whichever starter performs better um, will be the one with less walks because both these guys have control issues or have had control issues in the past at least. seems that Walker got his control back on track uh, under his last start, but we'll see how it goes. It's, it's a tale as old as time. Don't walk people. You have better opportunity for success. When you're looking at Numbers against these two pitchers, um, not a lot of sample size. You have a lot of guys with two to four at-bats against John Gant, so the only one really worth mentioning, I mean, Jose Peraza is one for eight. Um, but other than that, Alonzo, two for four. Moore Jr., one for four. Conforto, over four. Francisco Lindor, over four. So like I said, they're really tiny, minute sample sizes. For St. Louis, only four Cardinals have any at-bats against Walker. Bader's over three. Carpenter's over five. DeYoung's one for six. Nolan Arenado is three for ten with three runs driven in, so... Really, it's, it's a crapshoot at this point as to uh, when you're look, trying to look at past numbers. But uh, my prediction is the Cardinals already have earned themselves at minimum a series split. Uh, I think the Cardinals get their job done today. I think Gant outperforms Walker, and the Cardinals win game three of this or game four of this series before they welcome in Colorado tomorrow. So we'll, we'll see how it goes. But on tomorrow's show, it'll be a little bit. Of, it will be a late release. Tell you guys that right now uh, because Benjamin Hockman. Um, of STL Today is coming on to talk about his new book, 11 in 11. Uh, talking about uh, that book is is about the 2011 World Series run, which I'm sure we are all extremely fond of and have extremely fond memories of. So I'll be sure to tweet that information out. But um, if, if, if you haven't seen it, Benjamin Hockman on the show tomorrow. It will be a, a midday release because we're uh, talking at 1130 tomorrow. Um, but nevertheless, be sure to be on the lookout for that. Super excited for, for that guest uh, and to talk about one of my favorite worlds, one of my favorite teams ever, definitely one of my favorite Cardinal teams ever for sure. Um, but that will do it for today. Again, follow me on Twitter at LJFastball. Follow the show on Twitter, LO underscore Cardinals. That's also the Instagram handle. Um, so, yeah, be looking forward for, for the episode out tomorrow. Uh, but until I talk to you then, and until Benjamin and I talk to you tomorrow, be sure to stay safe, stay well, and have a fantastic day.